We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, Pat Mayo here. I have a joke on the show that things aren't going to go out of date. And then about 39 seconds after we finish recording, Chris Herndon gets traded to the Minnesota Vikings for our entire conversation about Tyler Conklin and Irv Smith, with Irv Smith being injured and Conklin being maybe a deep receiving threat. It's out of date already. So don't draft Ty Conklin. Don't draft Chris Herndon. And everything else in the show, as I'm saying this right now, is good. So enjoy. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Final Fantasy Football Rankings Update. Everything you hear from this point forward will generally be week one related. We actually have a full gambit of football shows to prepare you for both week one and some more theoretical long-form talk. We're going to have an offensive line breakdown, an intro, and high-end strategy to football betting. Plus, the AFC win total show is going to drop on Thursday. If you missed the NFC, go check that out. All of my rankings are updated down in the descriptions. Those will remain updated, and if there is any sort of gigantic breaking news from now until the start of the season, we'll either cover it on one of the week one shows, or if it happens over the weekend, I'll shoot a short to make sure that all of the rankings are properly updated for you. So go check those out now. In fact, I'll have week one rankings up over the weekend as well, in case you're already done your drafts and all ready to move on. Now, there's a few things that you can do, like smash the like button to the video, subscribe to Mayo Media Network, obviously. In the comment section, tell me where you now have Gus Edwards ranked. Half point PPR running back for the 2021 fantasy football season. We're going to be breaking these all down in a second with Chris Meany from FTNDaily.com and Bets TV on YouTube, which you should go subscribe to right now. But I got some stuff to give away to you peoples out there. We're going to be giving, doing the giveaway on Thursday on the AFC Win Total Show with Custon Feinberg. But Feinberg was generous enough to give away one of his Justin Herbert rookie cards to a lucky one of you out there. So you can get your ballots into the draw in a bunch of really easy ways. So here's what you do. You can get a ballot by subscribing to Mayo Media Network on YouTube. 
There's an easy way to do it. That's one ballot. You want a second ballot or maybe even a third ballot. Maybe this one's worth two. But if you leave a rating and review and subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, I'll have all this information in the description. The giveaway three things that you can do. But leave a five-star review, something you enjoy about the show, Twitter handle or email so I can contact you if you are a winner. That gets you some ballots, as does subscribing to the Mayo Media Network newsletter that is also completely free. That will take literally less than five seconds. That link is down in the description as well. We always have cool promos, extra research uh, for both football, golf, UFC. You can pick and choose which one you want. Just scroll right through it. But hey, please subscribe to the newsletter. I want to let you know about runthesims.com as well. If you're watching this on Wednesday evening, you're in luck because prices go up at runthesims.com starting September 1st. But you can still get all of the premium tools right now at a discount, the overall discount plus an extra discount if you go to runthesims.com slash mayo. That will give you that extra discount if you do it before on August 31st, I guess if you're watching this on Wednesday, then you're probably not going to have a chance to do that. But if you're watching it on Tuesday evening, then hey, good good news for tuning in. You can get those right now, all of the premium tools, the optimizer, the lineup generator, the showdown generator, all of the betting tools, all of the season-long stuff, and the advanced stats up is completely free. That just takes an email, so no, you don't have to pay for any of that. That's going to be free all season long. So go check out runthesims.com. Chris Meany from ftnbets.com, ftndaily.com, and once again, bets.tv, or bets.tv on YouTube as well. What's happening, man? Busy day. Yeah, it has been. It's been a busy week or so. Uh, You know, running backs dropping like flies, dudes are getting cut, and Justin Herbert rookie cards are being given away. That's pretty cool. I would assume that Feinberg, that's a double that he has, so he wouldn't be giving away a solo card then. Maybe it's two of 49. I believe that's what's going on with it. So that's like the, I I don't understand anything about cards, but he was generous enough to give it. I think it's worth like 500 bucks or something like that. Maybe 400 American. I'm not quite sure, but I don't know. Jeff has a whole box full of these Justin Herbert rookie cards. So he was generous enough to give those away (laughs) for all of you who want to know out there. uh, I'll be releasing the in season schedule. That way you'll know what times and what shows are dropping on each day. But I can tell you that on Sunday evenings, Meany and I are going to be hashing out the week's recap, early waivers, early injuries on Sunday evenings. Because I always feel like there's a lack of content on Sunday evenings. I like to watch the Sunday night game, and I'm still kind of like jazzed up. And I would like to have some content. I know I'm not alone on that, so you and I can provide content to people. Yeah, and I can't wait. It's something that you and I have been doing for years, man. Uh, Back in the day is is always watching the football games together and having them all there for us, not just, you know, checking out box scores and snap counts, which is something that I'm sure we'll bring out quite often on the show. But it'll be fun to hash out. It'll be fresh. We'll have the games right there. We'll talk it out while Sunday Night Football is going on. And you're right. I I think you are pretty much the only person, at least the starter in the industry, that came out with content right away just for people – Sunday night. And I think a lot of people like you and I and Paul running the show, they want the content right away at night. It's still fresh. It's still football before Monday morning hits. And it'll be there for those to wake up early on a Monday as well. So looking forward to it, man. Can't wait. And then later on in the evening on Mayo Media Network sub, uh, fantasy football picks and bets. It's going to be Laquan. It's going to be Lauren. They're going to be breaking down. They're going to have a better sense of the games, more ideas about injuries. And that will come out very late, uh, probably very early on Monday morning. Put it that way. Probably just past midnight, uh, along with the Monday night football breakdown over on fantasy football picks and bets, which is going to go to six days a week, starting with Monday or starting with 
Tuesday next week because of Labor Day. I'll have shows out on Monday, but they, you know, give them the weekend off. That only seems fair. So I believe Tuesday will be Lauren and Pete Overzet will be the first show as a part of the in-season content. Do I have something for you, though, meaning? Uh, prizepicks.com is going to host a season-long props like league for us. So, you know, like the super contest at the Westgate where you pick like five spreads per week and then there's a leaderboard for the year. Well, we're we're going to be doing that. The Mayo Media Network has teamed up with them to do that over on Prize Picks, uh, where you pick five props a week and then the leaders at the end of the year win a prize. That's awesome. That's right up my alley. I love that. That's pretty cool. Prize Picks got their new layout on their website. It's looking uh, looking sharp, really nice, and that's pretty cool. I'm very very interested. Yes, yeah, so, so so but you I can, love props, man. Yeah, man. So do I. And you can pick fantasy props, rushing props for the for the week. The only thing is, you have to play an entry every single week. I believe it's going to be seven dollars and eleven cents is what you'll have to pay per week, and you get paid out on weekly prizes as well. You get all your picks right. I think you Perfect. win like a, a hundred bucks or a hundred and fifty bucks off your seven dollar entry. But then you're in the overall pool for bigger prizes towards the end of the year. So what you can do is go to PrizePicks.com. Uh, use you have to use promo code MMN for Mayo Media Network and make your deposit. Like if you deposit and they'll match your deposit up to a hundred bucks. So if you deposit seven. 75 bucks right now they'll give you 75 dollars, and that more than covers all of the entry fees for all 18 weeks if you want to do that right now the link is down in the description uh, of the pod and video as well if you want to do that but just go to prize picks use code mmn make the deposit they'll match it up to 100 bucks and you'll have all the money to play in our super fun props contest all year where you can come take my money and watch how terrible i am at picking props <laughs> Enough of all that. Sold. I'm in. Oh, you're I'm in. in. I'm in. I'm taking part too. Absolutely. I, I've already, I already, I've already signed up with your code, but I, I'm definitely going to take part uh, throughout the year. That seems uh, super fun. <laughs> well, we've wasted enough time getting to this. Uh, the reason I wanted to wait, I was going to do a breaking video on the J.K. Dobbins injury. You know what? Something else is going to happen. Then I'll have to like reshoot the show. Cam Newton got cut, and this is significant. Because that makes Mac Jones the starter for the New England Patriots. Stephen Gilmore was also placed on the pup list. So he's out for the first six weeks of the season. A downgrade to their secondary. Because I think Jalen Mills is now starting on the outside for him. So just play whoever's lining up against Jalen Mills. And watch the fantasy points come through. But how does this affect the entire offense? I've already updated my rankings. So you can find those in the description or up at DKNation.com. And essentially what I did was... I didn't know how to rank Mac Jones, weirdly enough. Like, it just... If he's not going to be running, I'd still rather have, even though we'll get to Lance in a second, Fields, or even Daniel Jones, for that matter, or Tua, just based on, because you're not drafting Mac Jones to be a starter, and I don't like drafting backup running back or quarterbacks, unless there's going to be some sort of, like, bonanza upside, and I don't see that. However, I do think it really helps Jacoby Myers, especially in full-point PPR, but even in half-point PPR. Maybe someday he can catch a touchdown. So I've upgraded him in my wide receiver rankings up to number 38. Nothing crazy, but a wide receiver... Low end number three, high end number four, flex play for your team. And Damian Harris, our guy, uh, he's vaulted, not necessarily vaulted up because I had him pretty high anyway. I jumped him from one tier to another. He's now 52 in the overall top 150. That makes him running back number 20 for the year. One spot between David Montgomery and Miles Sanders for me. He just seems like someone who's going to score a lot of touchdowns. When I punched his numbers into runthesims.com and took out Cam Newton's rushing share, which was huge, and Cam Newton's rushing touchdown share, which was also huge, and something that you had to really brace against, I have Damian Harris as, and this is one of the free tools up at Run the Sims. You can go play around with this right now. A 
60% market share of rushes, nothing crazy. Uh, 50% of the team's rushing touchdowns, 4.8 yards per carry, 6% of the targets, 4% of the receiving touchdowns. That would put him at running back number 15 in half-point PPR over 17 games. Yeah, uh, I like Harris quite a bit, too. I have him as a top 20 running back. I didn't have to move him all that much. Like, And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, look at me. But I, like, I figured that eventually Mac Jones would take over. And he was so good in the preseason. It's not that Cam wasn't good either, but some off-field stuff and COVID last year. And then had to be away from the team for five days because of a COVID test away from the you know facility and all the random rules that I still can't figure out when it comes to the NFL and NFLPA uh, for COVID testing and stuff, but it just put Cam behind the eight ball. It really did. I mean, there was more time for Mac Jones to run with the first team offense and it's better for everybody inside this offense. And it's not really a shot at Cam last year. He wasn't great. There weren't a lot of weapons. They bring in John Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, the offense now has weapons, but unfortunately for Cam, he's out, he's done. I am surprised that he's released. I think he'll be picked up from a team somewhere. I know there's a lot of teams that could use a backup, but for Mac Jones, I'm with you on his on where you have him ranked. I don't like I have my quarterback 29 and I like this guy. He's very accurate. He was extremely accurate. In Alabama. I think he like 44 touchdowns and four picks and then like a completion percentage above 70% and in the preseason 69, I think 10 drives, eight of them resulted in scores, five of them in touchdowns. He only threw one passing touchdown. And that's the thing. New England's going to run the football. We know what they want to do. It's one of the few teams that we we just know what, what they want to do. And you can tell through free agency, the guys that they brought in and through the draft, they want to use all their running backs. They have a high IQ guy in Mac Jones, who I think is very capable of running the offense. Clearly, Bill Belichick feels that way already with a rookie quarterback starting week one. Uh, but from a fantasy standpoint, I just, you know, I, there's, there's other guys, like you mentioned just a couple, like Tua, clearly, Jones, even Zach Wilson, I think, a better fantasy season than Mac Jones. I like him overall as a quarterback, but I'm not getting super excited about him, even in a super flex. Is your third quarterback? Fine. Uh, but I think in a week-to-week basis, Pat, we'll probably never be talking about him as a guy who's a top 15 quarterback in like single quarterback standard leagues. But Damian Harris, this is great for him. Of course, Sony Michelle was flipped a few days ago. Also great for him. But you mentioned with Cam, you, you know, you take away some assuming that he was there and upside that he had and all the rushing touchdowns and him calling his own number you take all of that away and now you give a lot to you know to Harris here and I, I go back to LeGarrette Blunt. I don't think it'll be that extreme but LeGarrette Blunt in 2016 was an absolute beast inside the red zone he got all of the red zone work he had like 60 some on red zone rushing attempts I think he flirted with 20 rushing touchdowns I don't know if Daniel or Harris gets to 20 but he should get a big bulk of the red zone usage especially on first and second down. So I think you could feel good about him. Like I said, a top 20 running back. Ramondre Stevenson, you know, I think he's a great late round flyer. I have him roughly around RB 50. I think he's got some upside, but also this is going to be Harris's backfield. He's just a late round flyer that I think you can, you know, draft in your leagues. And certainly with Sony Michelle not there, he takes an uptick as well. I like the call on Jacoby Myers. I like him more than Nelson Aguilar, who's a target hog last year. Uh, I think he will be as, as well. I think John O. Smith could potentially lead the team in targets. I don't have him as a top tight, top 10 tight end, but, but I am interested in him, you know, after those first six get off the board, you know, it's, it's really just a lot of head scratchers. Like it, there's so many question marks when it comes to some of these tight ends that I think John could potentially be a beast inside the red zone, which we're looking for among tight ends and also just potentially the number one, or maybe just the number two inside this offense. And I don't think there's a lot of tight ends in around that eight, 
to 15 range that you can say these this guy could be the number one or number two in the offense i have john who ranked at 15 hunter henry hunter henry at number 16 at tight end i i don't really know what's going on with these two but i do agree with you i like yeah. i would gamble on smith before i gambled on hunter henry i could be dead wrong on that that's probably not unless i'm picking in the very last round and i don't have a tight end yet that's where i would be going probably one of those two guys and just see which one is left. If John is there, I'll take him. If John is gone, I'll gamble on Henry, that kind of thing. But they're not someone I want to yeah. go after. Myers, I like. I actually moved up James White in my running back rankings as well. Like I had him just below that, even Gio Bernard tier, who was announced as he's going to be the third down back with the Bucks, And that could be a James White type role with Tom Brady, which we've seen be really good in the past. But I think he actually makes a lot of sense for Mac Jones in passing situations. Not that I think that you're going to play James White every single week, but I moved him up to number 39 in the running back rankings for half point PPR. He'd be a little bit higher than that in full point PPR, but that's right around like Jamal Williams and James Connor uh, and slightly behind you know, Kenyon Drake and AJ Dillon like they're, they're number 34 number 35 in the ranking so he's a part like uh, he's, he's now inching back up as I know that if I draft him like he'll be good every few weeks I'll never know which week to play him but I know that there's a chance yeah. if I plug him in he'll score you know 15 points <laughs> yeah you know he may be good early on because you mentioned off the top Gilmore is not going to be around on this team. And we all know that he still has a lot to offer at the cornerback position. So potentially I like this new England defense. I think it could bounce back. I like this team quite a bit. Actually last year was just a complete shit show. Uh, there's no way around it. I mean, guys were opting out and they just didn't have anything to offer on offense. And now, you know, guys are coming back in and they made a lot of noise in the offseason, which is really just different from new England. I mean, they set records, not only their own records, but NFL records for money spent on the first two days. And, Part of those, part of that was those two tight ends, which we just talked about. I think you like James White a little bit more, but I, I think, you know, you, I'm looking right now, I got him as RB 43 in a half point setting. I think, you know, right in around that range of Naheem Hines and Philip Lindsay, Kenyon Drake, Devin Singletary, David Johnson in, in around that range. But I think White does, is going to have a role here. I would rather have him than a Giovanni Bernard. I think the offense is going to be so good in Tampa. I just don't see where the upside is uh, with Gio. Like, how is he going to get any red zone touches at all? Maybe not. I mean, there's just so many great passing options for Tom Brady. And I know this is crazy to say, but how often will this team even be on third down, right? It just They're just going to move the ball so well that it's he's just got two running backs to really deal with where James White could have more of a role, not just early on, but we've seen him before steal a couple red zone touches. Uh, he could play some second down. You're not tipping your hand when you have Damian Harris. You know, Damian Harris is on the field, right? And you know that the ball is most likely not going to get checked down to him. It, assuming what we've seen from him in the NFL. Now in Bama, he caught some passes, but uh, this hasn't been the case for the short course of his career in the NFL. And plus still a rookie running back in Ramondre Stevenson who had a great preseason, but yet we need to kind of just pump the tires a little bit that James White could get on there and some second down reps and also some red zone touches. So yeah, it could be a hard guy to trust for certain. But Mac Jones, again, a very accurate quarterback, and he's been extremely accurate over the time in college and here in the NFL and in the three preseason games that he had. So I think James White, more upside than a guy like Giovanni Bernard, less competition in that backfield. But it does feel a little weird to say that, though, Pat, because we're so used to multiple running backs in New England. 
It's true, and we'll see how they end up balancing that out if Stevenson ends up becoming, or even J.J. Taylor takes over that James White role. Yeah, he's, he's looked really, too. But there's a lot of guys that look really good in the preseason that we absolutely never hear from sure. again. So I don't want to overrate that to that point. But I agree with you. Mac Jones' increased accuracy, I think, helps out a lot of, at least the floor of the Patriots players. And it really helps out Harris just because Cam will not be stealing goal line touchdowns absolutely. from him, which is just a huge boost to his fantasy production if he truly is the goal line back which I think we all kind of believe that he's at least going to be the guy who gets first crack most of the time from inside the five and inside the three and from the one yard line if he fails maybe Stevenson ends up becoming that guy for as long as he can do it but that's not the way that I'm going to enter the season so I like Harris much coin such base if you've been following the cryptocurrency craze now is the time to start getting involved Coinbase makes it quick and easy to start your own portfolio and learn to trade like a pro. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy-to-use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app, so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. Millions of people in over 100 countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. Whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. For a limited time, new users can get $5 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at Coinbase.com Mayo. Sign up at Coinbase.com Mayo for $5 in free Bitcoin. This offer is for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's coinbase.com slash mayo. Here's the question, though. Who would you rather draft, Harris or Edwards? Because J.K. Dobbins is done for the season, so the Gus bus could be steamrolling to a lot of touchdowns here. I would prefer Gus Edwards. I have Gus Edwards one spot ahead of him. I got him at 19 and 20. And when I was going back between the two, it was just the the, the competition at the running back position. That's it, right? We're, we've, we've talked a little bit about J.J. Taylor, Ramondre Stevenson, and James White. We don't, like. There's not a lot else to talk about in Baltimore. We'll see if they bring somebody in, but whoever they bring in, is not. they're not stealing first and second down reps from, from the Gus bus. And you look at Edwards last season, just two fewer red zone rushing attempts than J.K. Dobbins. Now he doesn't have to deal with Dobbins. I think wherever you felt comfortable drafting J.K. Dobbins, I think you can feel comfortable drafting Gus Bus. You can just kind of slot him in there. Now he won't get 20-plus catches. He probably won't. I'm assuming that he's not going to. And Edwards and Dobbins wasn't a big pass catcher in the backfield last year either. He had 18 grabs. But he doesn't have to deal with J.K. Dobbins now, so I think it offsets. Like, yeah, the catches aren't going to be there, but he's also going to be the guy inside the red zone when it's not Lamar. But as of right now, like Taysom Williams, like I don't think we can get super excited about him or Justice Hill. But right now, I mean, Gus Edwards is a guy that even if you look at the last three years, Pat, and I know you know this, people hanging out, he's been a a decent back that nobody's really talked about. At least 700 rushing yards in each of the last three seasons. There's only seven running backs in in the NFL who have done that. And Gus does not belong in that tier with those seven running backs. Like those are all superstar running backs who have done that. And he has battled with Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram a couple of years ago, and last season, J.K. Dobbins. So, yeah, this is his backfield. I think it's right to have him ranked ahead of Damian Harris because, as, as I just said, the, there's not a lot of guys that are going to be cutting into those first and second down reps. And who knows? Like, maybe they – I know he ran a few routes, and there were, there were some talks that 
in the offseason that they would try to maybe get him involved a little bit more, kind of like, again, tipping your hand. You knew when Gus Edwards was on the field that they were, he wasn't really going to be involved in you know, a screen or anything like that that potentially that could happen a little bit more for him. But also at the same time, Lamar Jackson isn't that type of running back that I have seen that just, you know, he'd, he'd rather run for those three or four yards himself and then check it down, check it down to a running back. But yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit here for Gus Edwards. His rushing prop went from 600 to 1,000 yards, and I think he tops that. It'll be interesting to see if Gus Edwards is actually someone who can carry a backfield or if a lot like Lamar Miller, I know this is always a thing that Jake yep. brings up, that – we were just so excited when he went to Houston and oh my God, Lamar Miller in a full-time role. It just turns out he was a complimentary back. who was highly efficient as someone who came in for 13 touches a game. He produced exactly the same on 13 as he did with 20. I worry that Absolutely. with Edwards, but he still has Lamar to really take a lot of the heat off of him inside of the running game. Cause that's realistically who he's competing with. Now Tyson Williams appears like he will be the primary running back beat reporters have said that he has jumped justice Hill. I'm still, trying to figure out what the apostrophe in his name is for it's ty apostrophe i know is there a silent letter i'm missing in here somewhere or is it just like a cool looking name so it's like yeah let's add adding an apostrophe it looks awesome this way which i don't disagree with i think that it looks really good but he's even someone at the very end of drafts we almost kind of know that any running back that you stick back there with lamar is probably gonna produce because the running lanes are just open for the entire defense having to account for lamar Exactly. And that's why I think it will be different than the, the Lamar, Lamar Miller scenario that you brought up. And heck, there was only one or two games last year from Chase Edmonds, but remember everybody freaking out. Oh, Chase Edmonds. Now he's going to get like 20 plus touches in this Arizona offense, top five running back. And the game, I believe it was against Miami last year where he had 20 plus touches and he just wasn't great at all. And, and it seemed like he was better suited for a role where he stepped in with five or six carries here and there and was just involved through the air on, on third down. I think what the fact that it is Lamar Jackson, what he can do, and he can open up so many lanes. It, you've seen it before with, I mean, again, with Mark Ingram, right? We can laugh about Mark Ingram, but his best season was with this offense because of, I think, a lot to do with Lamar Jackson opening up a lot of lanes and opening up a lot of holes. And both running backs in J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards finished inside the top 10 in explosive runs runs of at least 15 yards last season. And I think, again, that has a lot to do with Lamar Jackson. We've seen it all over the over the past few, few years, really. I mean, even a small sample size of last year with Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders' best games last year came with Jalen Hurts under center. I know a lot of people just assume that the running back is going to steal all those touches, but it does open up some lanes, RPOs, and what have you, uh, can do that for running backs. But I think Williams is the guy to yeah take a flyer on. He definitely passed Justice Hill. Uh, they really gave him a lot of run in that third preseason game when J.K. Dobbins went down. And I think, you know, it remains to be seen. What I, I think, Pat, I'd love to get your thoughts. It just seems like a team that would like to bring in a, one more running back. Like, they run the ball so well, and that's all they do. There's only been two teams in the last nine years who have ran the ball over 50% of the time. And that's the Ravens last year and the Ravens in 2019. And that's all they did in one of their preseason games. I think they had like 46 rushing attempts. So I feel like they will bring in maybe a veteran back, which could cut into the third down work potentially, but I would place him over Justice Hill. And I think that it's just, his name is spelt that way just to look cool. <laughs> 
So Gus Edwards, I have at number 18 at running back in half point PPR. That's one spot behind Mike Davis, one spot ahead of David Montgomery. But I think that's all a very firm tier. And we just got word that Donta Foreman has now been cut by the Atlanta Falcons. So that really only leaves Davis, Quadre Olison, and Cordero Patterson as anyone in their backfield. So things are kind of shaping up like Gus Edwards and like Damian Harris. And then Mike Davis, I feel like he has the most solid role of all of those guys and just fewer people to come and take it from him and he's probably more involved in the passing game than those guys i still don't know if he's any good or not but hey for fantasy i just want to get volume hopefully i can still mine some volume from him and it seems like no one has gotten hyped about him yet so he continues to go at a pretty decent what's his adp right now because i can tell you that over the weekend gus edwards is kind of averaging around pick number 56 skewing a little bit higher than that like even 49 so like the the end of the fourth round going as high as 30th overall but that's not the norm that's just sort of an outlier situation so i'd say back end of the third back end of the fourth somewhere in between those 12 picks is where you're going to see gus edwards going when mike davis is still going at pick number 54 overall so he's still going later than both gus edwards and damian harris now at the moment at least that's where i figure that damian harris is going to end up and his role is exactly the same as these other guys it's just people are convinced he's no good maybe they're right but you know give me the volume yeah, the, for sure. The volume, the opportunity, the red zone touches, like well, I, that's, it's so important. And we've, we talked about it now with new England and Baltimore where a lot of these touchdowns, I mean, they occur inside the red zone. And if there's nobody stealing those touches from Mike Davis, I think he was fine last year with Carolina. He was fine with Seattle. He had a season with over five yards per carry. Yeah. He's, he's, he may not be a back that, you know, gets a thousand rushing yards. He may not be super efficient on the ground, but he's a back that probably catches 40 plus balls, which is very appealing for Matt Ryan, who is who led the league last year in passing attempts has been top three in the past couple of years in passing attempts as well. So I'm seeing him right now. NFFC leagues over the last two weeks, RB 23 ADP 54, which you alluded to. And I was in a draft over the weekend when the JK Dobbins thing happened, it happened before uh, we started to draft and we just didn't know about the extent of the injury. We assumed it was bad that he at least wouldn't be there for the first few weeks of the season. And he was taken at the end of the fourth. James Robinson was taken middle of the third, where I think his ADP has kind of fallen. I have him as roughly RB 16, RB 17. So mid third, I think, you know, drafting tonight, drafting this weekend, Gus Edwards is probably a guy that may sneak into the end of the third or early fourth. Uh, Him and Damian Harris are both guys that, you know, well, it's easy to say this now, but Harris was a guy who was an ADP of, you know, RB 28 on average, still not getting any love ADP 81 overall. And now with this cam thing, people will probably jump him up inside that top 30, but where you and I have him is top 20 running backs. I think that's where he belongs. So if you get him in the fourth, I wouldn't feel like that's a breach. I think it's still a solid pick. Yeah. Uh, David Montgomery and James Robinson are just going too high for my liking. Like over the weekend and a sample of 71 drafts in the NFC, James Robinson is going as high as pick 19 with an average of 34. Oh, like I, I can just wait a round and a half and get Edwards or Harris or Davis. And like, that's fine with me. <laughs> yeah. I, I do like James Robinson, but yeah, 19 is is a stretch. I'm seeing too, yeah, the, the min is 19, the max is 104. It, it is a little high, but I mean, I, I think he's the guy. Right? It's just Carlos Hyde who may 
be a pain in the... He definitely actually will regroup. He will. Yeah. He will be a pain. A hundred percent. He's going to be a pain in the yes. ass. And so is Trevor Lawrence. Yes. And so is Chenault. Like, there's a lot of... I went over this last week with Jake. I'm not as sold on Robinson as I think a lot of people are. So much of his value is going to have to be derived from his pass-catching ability. And I just don't know if Urban Meyer is going to use him that way. There's so much about that team that is an unknown to me that I don't... That cost is yep. just too much. I'm, I'm going to go in a different direction. Yeah, and if you've been paying attention with what they've been doing in the preseason now, this was before ETN went down, but Carlos Hyde was getting third down reps. He was catching balls out of the backfield. Uh, Urban Meyer is very familiar with him, of course, in his college days. And and Carlos Hyde started off his NFL career catching balls out of the backfield. I think he had one monster season with the 49ers catching a lot of passes. And he's just a couple of years removed from being a thousand yard runner in the league on a very bad Houston Texans team. I will say that the offensive line is atrocious in Jacksonville. So that's one reason to maybe pump the brakes a little bit on this offense and, and James Robinson. And he won't get 78 or 80% of the touches, but he should get he should get a bulk of them. There's, there's no question that I, I would, I would peg him for definitely over 200 carries and where Carlos Hyde maybe just steps in and, and is that an annoying back in the backfield that, that comes in and takes those, maybe those catches, which you mentioned or those red zone rushing attempts, but I'm fine with him if it's in the third, but I won't be reaching for him. No. Healthy snacks have a bad reputation. And let's be honest. Most don't taste very good. They're horrible. They don't fill you up, and they certainly don't satisfy your cravings. But this episode is sponsored by Monk Pack, who makes snacks that taste like our favorite sugary treats, but with one gram of sugar or less, Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars contain one gram of sugar or less, two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories. They're great for anyone living a keto lifestyle, and they're a perfect snack for anyone who just likes to eat good snacks and wants to cut back on sugar. That's me. If you've seen the video version of the Pat Mayo experience lately, you'll see a slim and trim Pat Mayo. Big thing was... Monk Pack sent me a whole bunch of these keto bars, and while I'm not doing a keto diet by any means, I do think that cutting back on sugar and actually having a snack that's not high in calories, that is low in sugar, that isn't horrible, and I actually do like to eat, I thoroughly enjoy it, because they come in delicious flavors like sea salt dark chocolate, caramel sea salt, peanut butter dark chocolate. They're really delicious. I cannot emphasize this enough. I was shocked. I got them in the mail. I opened the box, like, all right, here we go. Someone's an advertiser on the show. I'll give it a try now like they're almost all gone and my wife's been eating them too like we just really enjoy the monk pack keto nut and seed bars i'm obsessed with these bars and probably eat more than i should at this point so i probably need to scale that back because they're a bit too good right now but i highly suggest you go try it for yourself and you'll see and we have a special d deal for all of our listeners get 20 percent off your first purchase of any monk pack product by visiting monkpack.com and entering our code mayo that's m-a-y-o for those of you who can't spell or read at checkout and Monk Pack is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll exchange the product or refund your money, whichever you prefer. To get started, go to MonkPack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com and select any product on the site. Then enter code MAYO, M-A-Y-O, at checkout to save yourself 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, delicious nutritious food you can count on and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast 
Just a quick update on Baltimore wide receivers. It seems like Hollywood Brown is now trending towards playing in week one, and we'll have a firmer update on that next week. Nick Boyle could also play. Bateman is probably out. No word on Watkins or Boykin as of yet. There's a chance that Baltimore goes into the year with Mark Andrews, Devin Duvernay, and Hot Fire best rapper of all time, Tylon, 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 and Tylon, the top five, Wallace as their two starting wide receivers. Dude, I think Josh Oliver led the team in catches throughout camp uh, in preseason games. Josh Oliver, like, is another tight end uh, that I think that I liked coming out of college. Yeah, they're they're hurting. I, I've already bet uh, Las Vegas. I know we're not into picks, but I, I picked them at five plus five and a half a couple weeks ago when I started to see these wide receivers drop. Bateman's definitely not going to play. And this is, again, this is a team that wants to run the football, but they're coming in very, very shorthanded. They were dead last in passing yards last year. The wide receiver core was dead last in receiving yards, and they're not off to a really good start here. We haven't seen them play yet, but good for Brown if Marquise Brown is going to get in there. But they're already, like I said, we're, there are you just mentioned three guys in their offense that are not going to be part of it. And Bateman was a big, a big draft pick for them, right? An early draft pick and. And they, they're going to need him to be successful if they're going to want to make some noise. But this is a team that they're just going to run the football. So that's like, how could you not like Gus Bus? Even if he's not going to be as efficient, just him getting 15, at least 15 carries per game in this offense is super significant for a team that runs the ball so well. Absolutely. He's a low end running back too. And if he somehow starts to backdoor his way into catches or has an outlier upside exactly. touchdown season, he could be a fringe running back one if he stays healthy this he entire can, time. Yeah. Michael Thomas has been placed on the pup list, so he's out at least six weeks, but he can return in week seven and only miss five games because of the early bye week that the Saints had. There's also rumors that the Saints might not open the year in New Orleans because of what's going on down there. They may have to play at the Cowboys Stadium in week one as, a, as the home team against the Packers, which would put them at a significant disadvantage. So I guess, where are you drafting Michael Thomas this weekend? Because are you, are you convinced that, oh, it's week seven, Michael Thomas is back, he's fine or is this something that just to me my gut feeling on it is that this stretches itself out whether it's his ankle whether it's a foot whether it's him not liking anyone on the saints it feels like there's something wrong here yeah i've, I've just crossed him off my list now i do have a couple shares of him where it, it comes to a point where you know where everybody in the draft room is absolutely fading him so i think i have him on one of my teams as my fifth wide receiver and i took him in the ninth round I think that's pretty good value, but I, I think in your standard league, he's roughly getting drafted as wide receiver 30 to 35 in around that range. I think his ADP over the last three weeks here at NFFC, I got him as wide receiver 37. Uh, um, you know, people reaching, they're willing, they, people love Michael Thomas. They're willing to take him as a, you know, a top 45 pick and others are saying, no, thanks. I don't want to deal with that headache. And I'm kind of on the ladder there is that I'm not completely sold that he's going to be ready to go after their bye week. There's been a real disconnect here with the team. It came out in the offseason that the Saints were trying to get a hold of Michael Thomas throughout the entire offseason to have this offseason surgery, and he just avoided their phone calls. And when he showed up to camp, they said, listen, you need this surgery. Okay, have the surgery. And now you're going to miss the first few weeks. And Sean Payton said it was extremely disappointing. Uh, he was suspended last year for a game or two for getting into a fight with one of his teammates. So there seems to be a disconnect here. Uh, I'm just... I just cross him off. Like I know the upside is tremendous and he had a 48% target share and he had like 50% of his team's air yards last year. When he's on the field, he's an absolute beast. The volume is certainly going to be there. Jameis is good for his game, but I just don't, I just don't want to take the shot and take the risk 
of him being like my third wide receiver. Like it's just so deep. Wide receiver is so deep. I just don't, there's two ways to look at it. It's so deep that you can take that shot if you want, or maybe just get more balance on your squad, draft a quarterback in that range, get one of a tight end in that range, double up on, you know, a running back. There's running backs in that range around 80 P 70, 80 that I actually don't mind. People call the dead zone range. I don't mind taking a shot on one of the San Fran running backs, as opposed to a Michael Thomas. I'm okay. If Michael Thomas is not on my team this year. And it's tough because you may not play in the league where you can just put them on an IR plus or a pup list. It depends on your format. You have to stash this guy all year. And that league that I took him as my fifth wide receiver, he's just wasting away a bench spot for the first six weeks at minimum. So I, I'm just, I think I'm just out. In 71 drafts over the past three days, he's going as high as 49, as low as 129. So it really depends on what draft room you, draft room you enter. I think for me, if he's there in the ninth round, I would take him. But here are some of the names yes. that are going after him at the position who I'd rather have. Debo, Devonta Smith, Corey Davis, Brennan Cooks, Jalen Waddell, Michael Pittman, I probably would take Michael Thomas over Mooney Tunes, but that's me. Those are like the Marvin Jones is still going after him. I I take all of those guys. Marvin Jones is going really late now. He's going to pick like 120 overall. I'm still in on Marvin Jones. I know he has the shoulder issue, but it appears like he's going to be fine for week one. So I do think that if you get if the hate goes too far, I wouldn't want to have to bank on Michael Thomas to do anything. But eighth round, ninth round, all of a sudden, it's just a pure gamble. If I Listen, don't draft a backup tight end. Don't draft a backup quarterback. Don't draft a defense until the Correct. season starts. And then figure out what you have to do. Like, I'm okay with burning a bench spot on Michael Thomas just to see what happens. Because I think you'll have your answer probably by week seven or week eight. And there's no buys for the first four weeks. You wouldn't need them anyway. You probably wouldn't even need those bench spots anyway. That now is the time to take that gamble if he's following far enough. Do not be reaching on Michael Thomas. Are you reaching on Marquez Callaway? Or is that just going to be a flash in the pan for a few weeks? Yeah, no, I'm not reaching. I do have a share or two, but it was mostly underdog best ball stuff when he was just like super late. Him and Jameis taking some shots there. It's another guy. He's, he's jumped up to like eight or ninth round. I, I did take him in a league uh, just actually after his second preseason game, which he actually was first. He was really good in his second. He had the two touchdowns. After his first, I ended up taking him in the 10th round. I'm not reaching. It's It's a short-term thing it's you know Jameis again is really good for his game he's gonna have a high a dot I am interested in him in the first few weeks but when Michael Thomas does come back and if everything goes as according and Thomas is back playing football there you know he's good he's we have to downgrade Marquez and he's just probably going to be nothing more than a bi-week replacement or a filler I mean you mentioned a bunch of wide receivers that I've seen go after Marquez like a Marvin Jones a Darnell Mooney a Michael Pittman Corey Davis doesn't seem to still isn't getting the respect after an unbelievable uh, preseason. So no, <laughs> I won't be reaching on Marquez. I'll just play him in DFS over the first few weeks of the season when I have the opportunity to, because he will be, he will be the number one in that offense, but we got to keep in mind that Traquan Smith, is, you know, is not on the field and wasn't on the field in preseason either. And say what you want about him. If you believe in him or not as a talent, uh, he is going to eat away at some of the targets. And then Alvin Kamara is going to catch a few balls out of the backfield as well. So I think he's just gone up a little bit too high. 100% with me on that too. It's like those Baltimore guys. Those are essentially week one showdown options <laughs> on DraftKings if that's the way that you want to play them. A few more talking points here in the rankings. So you can, again, check them all out in the description or up at DKNation.com. And I do want to remind you again, play in the super fun props contest with prizes all around. Cost you 
$7.11 per week to play on prize picks, but they're matching everything up to $100. So, like I said, deposit $75, get a match of $75. You have more than your share of what it costs to play for every week this season. PrizePix.com code MMN will get you that deposit match of up to $100. You can also use the link that's down in the description right now. Come take my money, okay? Also, Texans are not going to be playing Deshaun Watson. They're going to ha- keep him on the 53 and make him inactive. So that probably, because of that cap hit, because he's not on the commissioner's exemption list, that probably rules out Cam Newton to them. So Tyrod is probably going to be the starting quarterback. I still like Brendan Cooks. That's really it for that team. But in the backfield, it seems like that awful Mark Ingram, David Johnson, and Philip Lindsay <laughs> are all just a committee at this point. I don't want any of them, but if I had to take one, I'd take Lindsay. I agree. Lindsay would be the guy for sure. And also like there's some talk in Houston, Rex Burkhead, like he got a couple touches too. So that just makes it even more crowded of a backfield. And we'll see what the Texans do. I mean, they should be, there was a report out of Houston just the other day. Actually, I think it was yesterday on Monday that he, that they were listening on offers for Brennan Cooks and David Johnson. They can listen all they want. I don't know if a team is going to, you know, sp- you know, spend the kind of capital that houston wants in return for some of these guys but if anything was to happen there then i think we can feel better about the backfield but Lindsay has the highest ceiling i think out of the the four i mean i would say david johnson probably does but he's already accepted that he's not going to be a guy that gets touches on first and second down like he's just after the first preseason game when he was only playing third down reps when ingram was just sitting out and rex burkhead was sitting out and it was just Philip Lindsay getting first and second down reps. It was David Johnson just getting those third down reps. And he said how frustrated he was after the game with his new role and that it was just going to take some time to, you know, get familiar with that role. So that does seem like that's how they want to play him, which is kind of, you know, a head scratcher because, yeah, David Johnson wasn't fantastic last year, but I do believe he had a thousand yards in the ground. I think he has a lot more to offer uh, than Mark Ingram. I think Lindsay should be the one. I think over time he probably will be the one. Since we're on the Texans, I do like Nico Collins as like a late round flyer. Only Brennan Cooks played more than Collins. I think he was a third round pick here in this year's NFL draft. In the preseason, it was only Brennan Cooks. So if they do decide to move on from Cooks and trade him, which they probably should because this team is awful. So just get whatever you can for him. Then he could, Collins that is, could come into, just fall into, a roll right away on a bad team that needs to throw the football to, to play catch up. So he's not going to cost you anything at all. I think he's going, I got NFC brought up here. I think he's like wide receiver 90, yeah, 88, uh, 252 ADP over the last two weeks, min pick of 151 and a max of 328. So maybe your league isn't deep enough if you're in a 10 or a 12, but I think, you know, Pat, come our waiver wire show. I think that's somebody we'll be talking about. Maybe. We'll see about that. I do like Collins. I think like in just in 14, you'd have to be a 14 team league and you probably have to have a deep bench, yes. but like he's in that same class as like Amon Ross St. Brown, who I think I would actually prefer because he has the chance to be the number one on the Lions, especially because Perriman is now cut. So you have like Tyrell Williams, Quintez Cephas and him. It's like, who knows? Just, just throw a dart somewhere. I'm- At least I know Brennan Cooks is like good. Yeah, well, sure. Brendan Cooks is good. I think he's a good target too. Like if he gets traded, he gets traded, whatever. Uh, but he is, he is in a good situation right now. And I, I'm not saying that he's not a great target, uh, but to Detroit, I know it's only early in preseason. I think Amon Ross St. Brown will eventually carve out a role, but I was interested to see that he didn't play any three wide receiver sets and he was taken off the field uh, in the slot most times with the first team offense in favor 
of Quintus Cephas. So it'll be interesting to see what, what happens there in Detroit. I do like Tyrell Williams, but I think it may take a lot of time for Amon Ross St. Brown. I think they only want to use him in the slot and just sparingly to start. No one except for Sterling Shepard is healthy right now in the Giants receiving core. <laughs> I wouldn't draft any of these. Imagine guys. he's the only one healthy. Imagine that. I know. Like, he's the only one I would consider drafting, and you can legit take him. You can go pick him up off the waiver wire right now if you want. Absolutely. So yeah. yeah, he's super free. As long as he's healthy, Pat, he's, he's, I mean, he's always been a capable guy when he plays the role that's best suited for him inside the slot. So they bring in Kenny G and Darius Slayton on the other side. As long as Sterling Shepard is healthy, especially with all these bodies that are hurt right now in New York, I mean, he could be a guy that gets eight or nine catches in week one, week two. And even still, when all, everybody else is healthy, I think he'll have a role in the slot. Trey Lance is dinged up, so Jimmy G will be starting for the 49ers, at least in week one. It's a chip bone in his fingers that could keep him out a month. Well, we don't want to push the timetable too much on Trey Lance, but I did adjust my quarterback rankings. I thought Lance would take over sooner rather than later. That does not seem to be a possibility right now. So I've dropped him down in the quarterback rankings. This doesn't really affect anyone really else on the 49ers, but just I had him right next to Fields. I have Fields higher than him now. I have Daniel Jones higher than him now. I have Jameis higher than him now. He's on that same little mini tier at quarterback number 20, 21, 22 with Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, Trey Lance. It's just, I think the other guys have a chance to play quicker. Uh, maybe if you want to like stash deep Trey Lance for later in the season. And I'm not even convinced that he takes over the starting role necessarily at any point in the near future where I'm, I mean, I, I wish I could bet this right now, but if I could bet Justin Fields starting bears quarterback week two, I would. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Why wouldn't you? I mean, there there hasn't been a rookie quarterback that has opened up the NFL week one against the number one defense in the league. So I don't think we can fault the Bears for not starting. I know a lot of people are out there. Oh, Mac Jones is starting, but yet Andy Dalton is starting. What do you want? You want your your franchise quarterback, Justin Fields, week one on the road, Sunday night football against the Rams? Like, no, I wouldn't want that. Did you see him take the shot in preseason? I know it was only preseason. But he got absolutely rocked in the preseason from his offensive line. So I think, you know, you throw Andy Dalton to the Wolves week one. If he really, really struggles, then they make that switch. But it's only a matter of time. Matt Nagy's on the hot seat. And Kyle Shanahan's not on the hot seat. I mean, they drafted, they moved all that capital and drafted up. But they're not, they they don't feel pressured to start Trey Lance super early in, in the season. I had Trey Lance as a quarterback 14. I had Justin Fields as quarterback 15. I had both guys ranked. I had Trevor Lawrence, knowing that Trevor Lawrence would throw more footballs this year and play more than both of those guys, but just that rushing floor uh, that Lance and Fields have, uh, I'm really intrigued with. But I had to move Lance down as well, and I moved him down before the finger injury because what I noticed in the third preseason game kind of scared the shit out of me. <laughs> they were, like, using both quarterbacks on the same drives. They Jimmy Garoppolo started a week-free preseason with the first-team offense – and he was moving down the field and then they would put Trey Lance in for a couple plays. And then they would put Jimmy back in and Trey Lance came in and, and had a rushing touchdown capped off one drive. And then the second drive, it started with Lance and then it finished with Jimmy G. And then there was talking to San Fran that they may just do that to start the season. Use both guys kind of like how the saints have used Taysom Hill over the past couple of years. So, I mean, that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I had to eventually drop down Trey Lance just a little bit and Justin Fields up. But I think both guys, I think, you know, you could take a shot on either Fields or Lance at the end of your draft. I know we talked about not drafting a second quarterback, but if your league is a little bit deep enough, 
If you wait it out super long, you can start Kirk Cousins for the first few weeks as a really good schedule. And then when he goes on by week six or seven, then potentially you can make that switch because I think for me, I don't want to speak for you, but when these guys are starting quarterbacks and the job's theirs, I'll have them ranked as top 12 quarterbacks ahead of a guy like Kirk Cousins. I will too. And I still have them ahead of Kirk Cousins right now, but I have Trevor Lawrence ahead of the, I have I've always had Trevor Lawrence ahead because I knew that he was going to play. And I don't think that, it, well, he doesn't have the same like rushing upside as those two guys. I still think his rushing upside is pretty significant. So especially is, yeah. as we've seen, like what Minshew did in that offense when he would just start randomly taking off. Now I know it's a new coach. It's a new offense, but you're going to be down by that many points. There's just ample opportunity to pick up free rushing yards, especially when you are a good runner like Trevor Lawrence. So I think that's going to be a really sneaky part of his fantasy value. Very quickly, I wanted to talk about Irv Smith and Tyler Conklin. I have no idea how long Irv Smith could be out. There's the chance that he's out for the year. There's a chance he's out for like eight weeks or something like that. It seems like Conklin is fine from his hamstring injury. So are we drafting Ty Conklin or is he just like a min DFS guy on DraftKings every week? Well, if you ask Jake, you're drafting him. We talked about this on his show on Monday and he was like really pumping up Ty Conklin. I was shocked. I was just wondering why he was even, we were even going to spend time on him. I thought it was just going to be a quick, oh, Herb Smith. And by the way, I, I saw two reports. If it's a, if it's just a trim that he needs, it's a three to four week thing. If it's the full surgery, reconstructive surgery, he's done for the season. So we'll see how that plays out, but certainly going to be away for the first few weeks. I told Jake that he's just a DFS guy for me. He's a min price guy. He's maybe a red zone target and he could fall into a few targets with Kyle Rudolph, not on the squad and Irv Smith, but Jake seemed to like him quite a bit as a guy that maybe he could potentially be a top 15 tight end. I, I, I don't side with that. I think there's basically two guys that catch balls in this offense consistently. And it's just the two wide receivers and Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and inside the red zone, nobody had more of a target share than Adam Thielen, like over 50%. So I don't think that Con Ty Conklin is going to be a guy that, Oh, we're now it's inside the red zone. Let's let's look his way. Adam Thielen's has been so consistent inside the red zone. There's a relationship with him and Kirk Cousins. And then you got Delvin Cook, who has caught like 40-plus balls in the backfield each of the last two seasons as well. So I, don't, I don't know. You take a shot, but I would rather I would rather take a Gronk who goes like tight end 17 or 18. Just give me Gronk. Give me, uh, give me Cole Komet. Give me Blake Jarwin, right? Give me somebody else who's going to get a little bit more volume. Now, I see. I, Komet, I agree with you with. There's still too many mouths in Tampa, even at tight end for Gronk. Gronk's going to have probably, like, better weeks. I do think there's something is there's something to Conklin being, like, okay. I just think there are better, like, back-end receivers that you or back-end tight ends that you're going to end up taking. Like, if you play in a 12-team yeah. league, it's probably just completely unnecessary to take him. Right. But I could see how he could carve out a role in this offense because there's no Herb Smith. B.C. Johnson's done for the year. So unless someone else emerges as the tertiary or even the fourth option on this team, I can see it is all I'm saying. I, I'm not going to rank him highly or anything like that. I think you should draft him, but I can see him being someone you like is a hot pickup after week one or something like that. Cause he has a big week one. That's kind of where I would stand with Conklin. I'll just use him on DraftKings and be on my way. Yeah. T.Y. Hilton is hurt. Deandre Swift is like real iffy for week one here. Are you like hesitant about drafting him? Oh yeah. I don't want any, I don't want a piece of him at all. No chance. Like I'm just not going to do it. It's too early of a pick. Even even the fact that he's falling down, like getting drafted roughly RB20, I still think that's too early of a pick considering he's iffy. He had some issues last year, and it's just a brutal team. It's just an it's just a pathetic offensive team. They brought in Jamal Williams, and it seems like it's all they've talked up is Jamal Williams, how much his coaching staff likes Williams, the the the, the experience that he has coming over from Green Bay. 
So I'm just, I'm just off of them. There's just certain guys that go early that I just cross them off my list. It's nothing against your Andre Swift. I think he's a great talent. I think he could be the heck. I mean, Hawkinson probably leads the team in catches, but it could be Swift. Like if he, if he told me he played 16 games, I'd say he catches 50 balls and that's certainly appealing. Uh, but the fact that he is really iffy and he hasn't, it's been, this has been lingering for a while now, Pat, it was four weeks ago report out of Detroit came that he wasn't getting on the field in any 11 on 11 or seven on seven drills. And he wasn't anywhere close to it. And he's still not getting any reps. This I just cross him off. It's one of those guys. Again, if he falls outside the top 25 flirting with 30, sure. I'll take the upside there, but I'm not drafting him as a top 20 back. I still see him go ahead of Montgomery, Miles Sanders, uh, Damian Harris. I guess I words like I'm taking all those guys ahead of him. Uh, I, th- I think I'd still gamble on Swift, but he's a part of that tier for me. And they're just not currently going at the same spots. You can get all those other guys, except for Montgomery, weirdly enough, like a round and a half later. That's I'd rather just take a receiver in that spot or take Waller or Kittle and yep. then t- yep. take the running back after if that's how I wanted to go. I did move Jamal Williams up uh, just ahead of Kenyon Drake. So he's number 33 in the running back rankings yep. right now. I think that he does have something to contribute for this year. So here's a list of notable cuts that I saw and and I'll give you my quick take. And if you got nothing to say on them, then you got nothing to say on them. But I just wanted to throw these out to you. So I have Dexter McCluster cut by the Chiefs. I think this is great news for Jarek McKinnon. Not that you're drafting him, but just he's going to have a role in this offense. Foreman, who I mentioned earlier, cut by Atlanta, really boxing out a clear path for Mike Davis and or Quadre Olson. Cordero Patterson's the only guy left there. Peyton Barber was cut by the Washington football. So I bumped up McKissick and I bumped up Antonio Gibson, who I had previously been a little bit down on because I was scared that Peyton Barber was going to steal touchdowns. I'm not so scared about that anymore. So he is now up one spot behind Jonathan Taylor in my running back rankings. That is up. He went from the top of the tier below to the bottom of the tier higher than him as a part of my overall top 150. Once again, the rankings in the description. Reggie Bonifon was cut by the Panthers. So Chubba Hubbard looking great as the handcuff right now to Christian McCaffrey. Rashad Perriman cut by the Lions. So like I mentioned, Cephas, Amon St. Brown, Tyrell the Gazelle Williams. You know, they're options at least. Not good options, but they are options to play the three wide receiver sets potentially. And then just pour one out for Kendall Hinton, man. He was cut by the Broncos after starting a quarterback last year. His gloves and his like wristband <laughs> is in the Hall of Fame. He made it, even though he no longer has a football team. Remember all that talk? Should I start him as, you know, my wide receiver? What was he, a wide receiver, I think, in Yahoo Leagues? Uh, he ended up with maybe negative fantasy points in that start. Yeah, pour one out for him. What a what a moment that was. Yeah, no big takeaways. I, you know, Jarek McKinnon did catch my eye a little bit just because of, you know, a pass-catching running back in that backfield and what Andy Reid did with Damian Williams and what he's done with multiple running backs as well. I thought he looked a little slow, but I do feel like he'll have some sort of role, a third-down role where people are – hoping and wishing that maybe Clyde Edwards Elaire would have like a three down role there. I don't think that's going to be the case in Kansas city. Now he can catch 30 balls, but I don't think he flirts with like 45 or 50. And then uh, Jarrett Patterson Patterson is the only, I mean, not from a fantasy standpoint, but I think that's why they cut Peyton Barber. They feel a little bit, you know, they feel okay about what he can bring to the table, but that's good news for Antonio Gibson because you're dead on Peyton Barber would have been that guy. I mean, he's the TD vulture. It's, I think a, good 80% of his touchdowns over the past two years have come from the one yard line. So that will do it for the rankings update. The final one for the season. Are you ready for this? Football is a common week one content. So I can't wait to be burned out on football in about four weeks time. But for now, Meanie, I am fired up. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. I am. We didn't get into your guy, Zach Pascal. I know you just mentioned TYO, but Pascal, man, like, I know you like him. Like that's a guy who gets the uptick. I think people will think Paris Campbell, 
But Paris Campbell was, had already taken a back seat. Maybe now he gets a bit of an uptick that T.Y. is going to be sidelined for a bit, and it seems like it's a significant neck injury. But your boy, Zach Pascal, he could be sneaky. He could be the second option in this passing game. I just, I, I, there's something about that team that just terrifies me at every position. It's Carson Wentz, isn't it? It is. That's what terrifies you. Yeah. Maybe they should sign sure. Cam Newton. Sure, they should. Or maybe Dallas. Dallas is a team I think could use Cam as a backup. I think he goes somewhere. Baltimore is the most logical option for him because you know, just you have Lamar, yeah. and then if you take out Lamar, you just then have worse Lamar as your quarterback, like when they had RG3. <laughs> but he's better than RG3, so it's not bad. He is. Yeah, you're right. That's a pretty good comparison, absolutely. It's like worse Lamar. He can run. He can run the offense for you. And, I mean, he's not very accurate, and he doesn't push the ball deep down the field. Well, he can, but it's just not with accuracy. But, yeah, that would be a good landing spot for him. Yeah, so they're, they're down a couple running backs, so maybe just put him in the backfield. Yeah, I, I love Cam, so I want to see him land somewhere because I miss I miss the press conferences. I'm going to miss the hats, and he's just exciting to watch. He's been one of my favorite players is, for a fun. decade. I want to see him go out like this. I want to see him have one more great moment. And maybe his last great moment is going to be that Seahawks Sunday night game from last year. <laughs> I, th- I think he'll land somewhere. He'll have another great moment. He will have right. another good one. So he all- seems in good spirits. I, I, I saw him tweeting funky letters, whatever he does um, yeah. on social. Strange stuff. You can check out my rankings in the description. They're all updated right now. And I'll have any time that like news breaks, I'll go and update the rankings. So you can always pin those, find those down. They're up on DKNation.com. RunTheSims.com. This is going up in price starting September 1st. So go get that now. If you want the premium tools, you're serious about playing DFS or betting this year, you should go get those. Uh, RunTheSims.com slash Mayo for a discount. And PrizePix.com code MMN at deposit will qualify you for the season long props league. Plus you'll get a match deposit up to 100 bucks so like i said it costs seven dollars and eleven cents to play per week the 7-eleven contest and then we're good to go so uh go join that right now support the network and play against me and meanie and everyone else too meanie what do you got on the go uh just plugging away dude uh you know getting ready for nfl season we said we're just a couple days away here before we really get into week one rankings and things like that so mean streets every day uh just uh football content every day over at ftn putting in a lot of future bets uh lately just getting geared up for the season now that preseason is over i start like there's an edge that you can find certainly and when guys fall you can jump the books quickly and you know get them like robinson and gus edwards over 600 yards but I don't like to put my money uh, completely on the line until preseason's over and those injuries are done. So now I've just been putting a few bets over at ftmbets.com and our bet tracker and just gearing up for the football season, man. We'll have lots of content over at FTN. I'll be doing a betting show Sunday mornings with Elliot Chris and just plugging away on Mean Streets every day. All right, and you can catch Meanie on the Pat Mayo Experience on Sunday evenings or Monday mornings when you wake up. Whenever you yes. choose to consume the content, we will have it out there for you. And hopefully, Meanie can join me in studio, which would be pretty awesome. But more on that, at a, not too far in the future, but at a future date, we'll be talking about that. Uh, Thursday, I have AFC win totals. Then I have week one rankings with Jake. Then I'll have the week one pick show on Tuesday and a special show on Monday, I believe. That's how it's all lining up right now. If you want to get in the draw for that Herbert Rook card giving being given away on Thursday, uh, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave it a review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to the newsletter. Those are the three ways that you can get ballots into that draw. Or if you see the tweet that's going around out there, if you retweet it, that is another ballot in the draw. You can check that out at the PME. Thank you all for watching. Good luck with your fantasy drafts this weekend. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.